This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan. Hello there. And Fred. I'm still here. And guys, it's been a crazy week, a really crazy Friday afternoon leading up to the trade deadline. One of the busiest trade deadlines that I can remember with a lot of big names getting moved. So obviously have a, a lot to talk about on this podcast. I want to jump right into it and we'll start with the Braves news before we get into the rest of the trade deadline and the Braves obviously traded for Jock Peterson last week and coming into the trade deadline on Friday hadn't done anything else really waiting on them mainly to get some bullpen pieces but it was the outfield that they targeted first and the first uh the first news of the day was that they went out and got Eddie Rosario from the Twins and a deal there, uh, or I'm sorry, from the, the Indians, and they gave up Pablo Sandoval, essentially a money dump for the Indians. Um, Rosario is on the IL, so won't be available right away, but gives you a left-handed power bat. Uh, he's somebody I think we all three kind of talked about during the offseason is somebody who could be a potential fit for the Braves, a left-handed bat that they need. So I think that makes some sense. Hopefully he comes back at the very least. Again, a solid left-handed uh, bat off the bench. And then later they made the move for Adam Duvall. Or I say later, it was like uh, five minutes within each other. I was writing the Rosario, Rosario article and they traded for Adam Duvall, which is just, I mean, it's a, it's a good deal, obviously, for the sole purpose of Duvall can't torture us anymore this season. Um, so like Alan said earlier, this could be a, a two win trade just for the fact that yeah, he would probably would have beaten us two more times with the Marlins this year. So in that regard, that was a, a good move. Still kind of pains me that we just didn't bring him back in the first place. Probably would have saved a lot of trouble and pain this year, but it seems like this Braves team enjoys pain because that's what they keep doing to themselves. Then they got another outfielder just after the trade deadline ended. Um, it was announced that they traded for Jorge Soler from the Kansas City Royals. So, a big, another big power bat. This one from the right side, uh, like Adam Duvall. So another big right-handed power bat that crushes lefties. Um, you, uh, most of you probably are very familiar with Solaire and the power that he brings. But still, we are wondering where is the bullpen? The biggest need coming in to the trade deadline, and until you know, 30, 40 minutes after the deadline had actually ended, we hadn't heard anything about any bullpen moves for the Braves, and that's when it was announced that they traded for. 
Richard Rodriguez from the Pittsburgh Pirates, who's been you know their closer for the year, been uh, one of the better bullpen arms rumored to be available out there. Uh, he has fallen off a little bit lately, which has kind of diminished some of his value, but still a very good get for the Braves. So in all, they trade for four outfielders and a relief pitcher in the last week uh, leading up to the trade deadline. So they go out, get some bats that they need, still wish they would have done a little bit more in the bullpen. But Alan, I'll go to you first, your overall thoughts on uh, the Braves trades at the deadline. I don't know that the bullpen has necessarily been fixed here, but when I saw that the bullpen at least had been addressed, I was breathing a bit of a sigh of relief. But uh, the fact that they got Rodriguez, uh, one of the guys that I had profiled, but also noted that he was going to be very difficult to get, uh, I was surprised and pleased both because I think he's definitely going to be a welcomed addition. He's got one of the lowest whips of anybody that uh, was available at the deadline. It's in the .8 range, and he's been consistent over his career. He's he's not one of these guys that has suddenly had a great uh, a year. He's he's had several great years uh, in, in a row and doing it for a Pirates team that hasn't been doing very well. So the fact that uh, he's had an ERA under three, he's got four wins, two losses, and 14 saves, definitely uh, a, a good set of numbers that uh, should be able to be helpful. And and he's going to be one that is going to be able, I think, to give uh, Brian Sticker some choices at the end of the game. He's right-handed. Uh, Will Smith, the, I'll say, other closer at the moment, is left-handed. So if you've got a, a bunch of right-handers coming up in the order, Sticker's very liable to go to, Rodriguez instead of Will Smith to, to finish off a game. Uh, likewise, if uh, the other team loads up with left-handers or is threatening to load up against left-handers, it'd be Will Smith. So uh, there, there's definitely some options there at the back end that will help out the Braves. So that should help at least. Beyond that, it looks like they've uh, done a lot to essentially replace the bench. And the bench has been hot at times and cold a lot of times as well. Pablo Sandoval, bless him. He's been a great addition to the clubhouse in terms of morale, but the last couple of months, not so much at the plate, and that really needed to be addressed. And he, Unfortunately, he's already been released by Cleveland, and he apparently didn't even need to make, make a flight up there. Uh, so he's he essentially kicked to the curb, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but uh, at the same time, uh, Atlanta needed to get a, a bat that uh, can be relied upon. And uh, between Duvall, Rosario, Soler, and the other guys that we already had, Almonte, Arcia, Heredia, all those guys uh, are now in the mix for being able to do matchup games consistently. And, again, it gives Snicker options and options for genuine bats that should be able to help at the end of games. Just about every one of them has some power. And while uh, not necessarily contact guys, they at least can give you a good threat at the end of a game. And that that's the kind of thing we needed is, is guys that uh, pitchers would fear. And so to that extent, uh, some of the things that were done were, were good. We didn't uh, go get great names. We got good names. Uh, we got uh, good players that should help 
lengthen the lineup, give some threats at the end of the games, and didn't really give up too much uh, to get all these guys. So all in all, I, I'd say a, a solid B for, for a grade for Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, I probably agree with that. And, you know, I, I said earlier when they were making these moves, they're essentially getting bench bats. It's just unfortunate that our bench has become our starters at this point. And, you know, you make a great uh, point there, the fact that you get to the bottom of the Braves lineup lately, which it always seems to be the ninth inning, the bottom of the order is coming up, and you're facing Heredia and Almonte and Kevin Smith. You know, well, now you'll face, you're facing Duvall, you're facing Rosario, you're facing – Jorge Soler, like you said, guys that, you know, bring fear into pitchers because, you know, with one swing, they can do a lot of damage. So I think that does make a big difference. Again, even though these probably are benched bats on good teams, World Series contending teams, but still that gives, you know, the Braves some danger, gives them some pop in the bottom of the the lineup. So, you know, in that regard, I think it's a good move. I agree with you too, Alan. I, I think I don't know that the bullpen is completely fixed. Uh, with Rodriguez, I'm I'm not as high on Rodriguez as as others based on uh, his recent metrics and the fact that he's just not a he's not really a strikeout guy. He more so relies on the fact that he doesn't walk people, which I I do love, uh, but relies a lot on on weak contact. So I don't really see him as a closer. I still think Will Smith will be the closer going forward, but uh, yeah, I'd probably give him a solid B for for what he did here. Like that gave the Braves a chance to win this division with the moves that he made today. It doesn't make them World Series contenders. Those moves weren't out there with all the holes that this team has. But, Brad, I'll let you go last. What's your overall take and grade for Alex on this deadline? My initial take was, hey, uh, what are we doing? And then as I sat back and chewed on this a little bit, you have to put yourself in, in Alex's position in this. He had a team that, with the best will in the world, is probably not going to beat the Astros or the Dodgers or the Yankees in a World Series. But he could get them to the postseason and make some money and get some experience and set them up for another year if he filled some holes. And and thankfully, he read my article and he decided to fill the bottom of the lineup. Because basically what he did was he took out the area down there that was a black hole for offense. Now, if you get past, when you get past Dansby Swanson, you're not going, well, there's four outs in a row there for us, or three outs in a row there for us, because Solaire and, and Duval and, and Rosario, when he comes back, can actually get a hold of a pitch and drive it out of the ballpark. Uh, Solaire's, Solaire's big, strong guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember his story or not, but the, the, the Cubs signed him as an international free agent. And he had the part of the contract was he had to come straight to the major leagues, which didn't work out that well for him. It took him a while to adjust, but once he adjusted, uh, he was hitting balls all over the place. And then they traded him to Kansas City. Uh, he did all right there in 2019. He got a little home run happy, and uh, his average went a little went down a little bit. On base went down a little bit, but um, uh, this guy can hit. Most he really kills left-handers. And he's not that bad against right-handers. Uh, so, uh, Solaire's probably a better pickup than I thought he was to start with. Duvall is who he is. He's, he's a guy who's, uh, uh gonna hit who he hits. He's not gonna hit right-handed pitchers very well, although he is this year, I guess. 
and, and since he's not facing the Braves, he's going to lose 100 points off his batting average. <laughs> but uh, I'm being a little facetious there, but he really killed the Braves this year. And, and when, when AA said, hey, part of the reason we got you back is because you were just killing us, that we got some more games with Miami we wanted the other. So I, I think that, you know, what what they did as a whole was they improved the defense around the outfield. Now, uh I don't think anything's going to get past Duvall out in in left field. Uh, Rosario in right has has uh, positive run saved uh, numbers out there. Uh, I don't know how they're going to work out the uh, center field thing, where they're going to try to put Jock out there or what they're going to do. But uh, I, I'm I'm better pleased with it than I was listening to it come in. Rosario's a guy we wanted two years ago really bad really badly because he hit a lot of home runs. And then he's he's been hurt since May. He has an abdominal strain. And I think once he's well, he'll be the left-handed bat that we need off the bench. Rodriguez, I have the same sort of concerns that uh, Jake mentioned. I his um, Once they announced the sticky stuff inspections, uh, his effectiveness dropped a little bit. Having said that, he walks like 1.3 per nine or something like that. I don't have the number in front of me. Uh, but uh, he does. He throws strikes. He pitches to contact. He keeps the ball in the ballpark. Uh, and if if he can do that, give this defense a chance to get him out. Uh, that's really good. But I think he just. I think he looked at what he had in front of him and said, "I can fill these holes with good players, and I can make give this team a chance to win, and I can show them that we're going to provide some some help for them." On the bench, we're going to get rid of the deadwood, and we're going to we're going to provide players who can do the job, and get us to the postseason. And I saved all of my good bullets. I mean, theoretically, he could have gone out and thrown Waters and Wright and Wilson and I don't know somebody else you make at the at the Twins and picked up Buxton. But if it but uh, what if Buxton doesn't come back? Well, his hands broke. What if he doesn't come back? Well, he's a perpetually injured guy. I hadn't played 100 games but one time, so what if he's injured? It's a big risk. Why do I want to take that risk? And uh, as Jake said, there's not much else out there. So this is a strong B for him, considering he gave nothing away, and he filled all the holes in the lineup. The one thing I will say is if you listen to his interview on 680 The Fan, he was asked directly whether he had a spending limitation, and he said no. I could have signed anybody that we were in on, and we were in on a lot of people that didn't make a good baseball decision for us in, in the end based upon what they wanted for them or whether they fit the lineup or whatever. But he was under no limitation, no spending limit at all. Uh, he Nobody had told him what he could and couldn't spend, and he could have gone out and bought anybody that was out there, which is something that I know nobody's going to believe. But I believe him based on what he said, the way he said it, and the way he repeated it and, and restated that when he decided not to trade for somebody, it was a baseball decision, not a financial decision. And to me, that tells me, look, I could have got Joey Gallo. I just decided that wasn't the right guy. And for me, that's that's good GMing, even if I don't agree with everything he did. I think he did a good job today. Yeah, I, I don't agree on the Joey Gallo part. He's the one bat I probably would have gone all in for. Maybe even more so than Buxton, just because of the the injury concerns there. Because, like you said, you give up a haul for Buxton, and there's a history tells us there's a pretty good chance he's going to be injured for the good part of the next year and a half. 
But again, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. This is what we thought Alex would do is not push all the chips in here, but make some moves to give this team chance to win the division uh, while keeping their, like you said, Fred bullets uh, in hand as far as top prospects to move here. So yeah, a, a solid B. I think all around from from all of us, I think Alex did a, a decent job in giving this team a chance to win without giving up much uh, in terms of prospects or anything. Uh, speaking of what they gave up, I just want to run through the list of of the prospects they have or the players they have traded. They traded Bryce Ball, obviously for uh, Jock Peterson. Gave up Pablo Sandoval for um, Eddie Rosario. And who knows, Sandoval could be back soon. Uh, the, I'm about to say Indians, the Guardians, uh, I guess, have already dropped him. So maybe maybe we'll see Panda back on a minor league deal. Um, but they traded Alex Jackson to the, the, the Marlins for Adam Duvall. Uh, somebody pointed out Jackson was going to be out of options next year. So uh, really made a lot of sense to, to move him. Gave away Casey Kalich to the Royals for Solaire. And, and this, this was the one that... I thought it actually may have been a little bit of an overpay, but they gave up Bryce Wilson and Ricky DeVito for Richard Rodriguez. And part of that's just the fact that I'm not as high on Rodriguez as others, but I would have liked to at least had the chance to see what Wilson could do if he committed to a bullpen role. And, and you know, maybe he didn't want to do that. I don't know, but and we've talked about it at times on here. I, I feel like that's probably where he fits best. And I think he could do really good in that role if he committed to it, if his stuff, you know, played up in there. And then I liked DeVito. I thought he was a solid prospect. He was gaining some attention and rising up this year. I think he's ultimately a back-of-the-rotation type guy, but still a pretty solid prospect coming up. So I, I thought that was a little bit of a high price tag. I would have rather them given Cal Wright than Bryce Wilson, actually, in that deal. But overall, not anything that's going to kill the Braves going forward. But that was the only only deal I thought, you know, uh I was a little, I don't want to say upset. I just, I would have rather seen some other players going in that deal for Rodriguez. But again, Alan, part of that's just because I'm not as big on Rodriguez as others are. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see both sides of that because certainly uh, he has had a couple steps back since the sticky stuff inspection started happening. He gave up, uh, he's given up three, two, and one runs in three of the nine outings he's had since then. The others were pretty clean. He's down a little bit in strikeouts, but still only walked like two guys in that whole set of nine outings there. So uh, he's still been mostly effective. It's not like a uh, close or reliever isn't going to have some hiccups along the way. So it's, I, I'd say the jury's still out as far as all that goes. At the same time, he was, at least on paper, one of the premium closer-type guys that were available, along with uh, Kendall Graben, uh, certainly Craig Kimbrell, maybe... Uh, a, thank you. The, um, the prices for those guys were pretty high. So to be honest... I thought they actually got Rodriguez for a pretty good price, comparatively speaking. And if you're going to make Wilson a bullpen guy ultimately, then getting Rodriguez is not a bad uh, compromise there because he's a better and proven bullpen guy, and you're going to have him for two more full years after this one. So ultimately the team control, um, I think, should have driven up the price quite a bit, and I'm 
did admit being a little surprised that the Braves were able to get him because he was while he was on my list, he was on my list as a uh, well, we probably can't get this guy because the price is going to be too high. So I'm I'm good with that. Ultimately, though, you know, we were talking about before the idea that uh, we would perhaps need a couple of different bullpen guys to to really improve this bullpen. Well. Surprisingly enough, we've run the numbers, and since uh, the beginning of July, this Braves bullpen has been pretty doggone good, uh, certainly in the top 10 in baseball in terms of ERA. That was surprising to me because it, it didn't feel that way. But when you think about it, if you limit the uh, bullpen guys to having a standard of perfection, which is effectively what our offense has done to them. They've only been getting leads of maybe one or two runs. Then they're going to fail here and there. And we got to have an offense that's going to give them some more leads. So what happened today? Well, we got some more offense. And the hope is that we're going to be able to get some leads, get some big leads, and then uh, give the bullpen uh, something to work with. And they have been working well in the last uh, month or so, like I say. So adding Rodriguez means that you drop the guy who's sort of lowest on the bullpen totem pole. I'm guessing that might be Sean Newcomb. Don't know. We'll find out in the next couple days when Rodriguez shows up, uh, see who gets moved back down. But uh, right now, um, it's looking like a pretty reasonable deal. Yeah, like I said, none of these deals are going to, kill the Braves in the long term. I, I just thought there was a chance that Wilson, if he goes to the bullpen, could be as good or better than Rodriguez and has more control. But like you said, Rodriguez is more at least of a proven asset right now. We don't know that on Wilson at this point. But, uh, again, none of these players that the Braves gave up are, are going to be detrimental to their long-term success. But, Fred, anything you wanted to mention on any of the guys the Braves moved today? Well, I think the reason you don't just, I mean, I, I've said for three years, you know, put Wilson in the bullpen. That's who he is, but you don't want to stick him in the bullpen in a pennant race at the end of the year. And by the way, he's out of options. So when, when the player is out of options and he doesn't have a home in the rotation or a home in the bullpen and you have a chance to flip him for somebody who does, does have options and can fill that you need in the bullpen, and you know he can because he has the track record, then I, I I sort of think that's the right thing to have done. You know, I would have put him in the pen in 2019. I know he wouldn't have pinched that beautiful game in the NLCS or whatever. But still, I think he, that's his ultimate home. Uh, and uh, I, I just feel that it was a deal that had to be made based upon uh, the situation. You wanted mm-hmm. a guy who you could put in the bullpen and who would do the job, and that wasn't Wilson today, and he's out of options, so I can't send him down next year, and uh, let me just get something for him. I don't think the price was high on any of these guys. In fact, nothing we gave away uh, made me even look twice today. I And, and Doug Lambell said he'd wear the panda suit. So, that, you know, <laughs> we could do that. We could do that, too. Uh, the, I just I thought it was a good deal uh, today. And uh, aside from my re- reservations about Rodriguez going forward, he's the experienced guy with a track record and control. And let's go. Let's let him do his job. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, all these deals today were, were solid deals uh, to give the Braves a chance to win. Now, nothing to really jeopardize the future there
looking outside of the Braves, let's, let's start in the NL East because obviously that's the division where the Braves are trying to win right now. The Mets went out, their big move, they got Javi Baez and Trevor Williams from the Cubs. The Phillies went out and got Ian Kennedy and Kyle Gibson from the Rangers. They also got Freddie Gallus from the Orioles. Uh, I think those were the big moves. Alan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your thoughts on the rest of the NL East and uh, even the Nationals who sold off everybody. If you're going to do a sell-off, the Nationals and the Cubs did it absolutely right. That was you know, tip my cap to them and how they they handled all that at the deadline. But your thought on the rest of the NL East at this trade deadline? Yeah, Washington was like, wow. <laughs> They're going to have to uh, really sew some uh, names on the back of uniforms uh, real quick for today's game. Uh, that, that was an impressive uh, sell-off and an impressive get for a lot of the things that they got back. But let's let's talk about the Mets, Phillies, and, and Braves because that's where it really uh, comes down to. I guess I kept thinking that the Phillies were going to do more and that it became pretty apparent that a lot of teams were looking at the Phillies farm system and saying, you know, you don't really have a lot to offer me. And it surprised me that the Rangers were uh, essentially agreeable to take what Philadelphia offered for both those two guys, Gibson and, um, and Kennedy. Cause, uh, that was, those were the, other than Gallo, those were the two biggest trade ships that they really had there. So, uh, the fact that Philadelphia got that was pretty much a coup for them. Freddie Galvis doesn't really move the meter for me at all. Uh, he wasn't very good for them before. I don't know that he's going to be that good after. So, Yes, they got a pitcher. Yes, he could probably provide some innings for them. Uh, we're not going to see them much uh, for the rest of the year. I think we're just about done with the season series, maybe three more games or something like that. So I don't know that it's going to impact the Braves directly. Uh, I would hazard a guess to say that they haven't improved themselves necessarily enough to make a big charge either. But uh, uh, the, one of the big things they needed was to shore up the back end of their uh, bullpen, and Kennedy should do that for them. So if that uh, gives them two or three more wins, then that could certainly tighten things up a bit. As far as the Mets go, uh, I, I liked what I heard from uh, the, anal- the analysts on MLB Network Radio tonight in that uh, getting uh, Javi Baez may be – getting the best version of Javi Baez because he wanted to play with Francisco Lindor and he's going to get a chance to once Lindor gets healthy again. So you're going to get a, a Baez who's engaged and, and, and wants to be there and is probably excited. Uh, New York is not going to turn him off. And I, I think he's going to be uh, uh, pretty good for them, which is, kind of unfortunate. Uh, but that was the only thing that they really did in terms of offense. Uh, in terms of uh, pitching, they had added Rich Hill about a week ago from the Rays. I don't know that uh, he's much more than an innings eater overall. Uh, certainly they need that. But uh, the biggest uh, problem that the Mets have is the news that came down tonight that uh, Jacob deGrom is going to be shut down till probably September at least. So I don't know if they're going to get DeGrom back at all, really. And they're they're going to be hurt. I think that uh, there's a real chance that the Mets come back to the pack and we could have a dogfight coming up in September between those three clubs. It's going to be very interesting to see, but I think the Braves now have a chance. 
Yeah, for sure. It, it may it may be whoever can get and stay above 500, which you know the Braves can't do. But uh, we may see some a terrible record win the division this year with the way things are shaping up. But it's a war of attrition, no doubt. Yeah, certainly at this point, they're as we record this on Friday night, all three of them are losing. Um, the Phillies losing to the Pirates, which is highly embarrassing. But um, Fred, your, your your thoughts on the uh, NL East? Uh, the trades that were made, who who came out the best in this deadline of those those teams? Well, I, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think the Braves did the best on this. Look, the the Mets, they got Javi Baez, okay. They're going to get Lindor back in three or four weeks, okay. Trevor Williams, I'm, I mean, uh, is that, why not Zach Davis? I, you know, I think maybe the Mets – Aren't as bold as they, they, their owners said they were going to be. I, I saw a comment the other day that said it's all right to, to say that you're, you have deep pockets and you're willing to spend money, but, but prospects are money too. And if you're not willing to spend those prospects, you're not willing to spend that prospects and you're just cheap. And they gave up prospects, but you know, they, they should have gotten a, another pitcher because they knew. They knew when this was going on that DeGrom was going to be shut down. They did. They had to know that. And I, first of all, I think they need a center fielder too, because I don't think Nemo uh, center fielder. But I just think that they just didn't do enough. And I think that the reason they didn't do enough is they felt like they'd already done it. And they, I know why they chose Baez. They wanted him to play shortstop until Lindor comes back, and he's going to play maybe more reasonable stuff with his buddy beside him, but he's still going to air condition City Field because that's the batter he is. And when he hits the ball, he's going to do a lot of good things with it because he's got power. He can drive the ball. He's fast. He's a wizard with the glove, and he's going to strike out 180 times in a year. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think you did the Mets what they needed done. The Phillies, Dave Dombrowski said the problem with this but with being in the NL East is you're trading with teams that are in the same position you were in in the other division. And, and Alan made the point, their system was no good. The guy, the guy they sent to uh, Texas, and I can't remember his name, but he was their number one prospect a year ago. And now he's in Texas for, for Gibson and, and Kennedy. And I think that's the reason he didn't get, they didn't get Buxton is because they just, the twins said, oh yeah, you don't have enough. Bye. So I think of the three teams that are theoretically in this race, that the Braves did the best deal today. I think they filled the most holes. They answered the most questions. They gave away the least doing it. And as Allen said, with DeGrom hurt, Syndergaard is not back yet. They're relying on Strowman and who? I mean, Strowman and Rich Hill and Trevor Williams. That doesn't inspire confidence um, in me. And they're going to have to beat the other team to death. And the truth, they can do that. Alonzo and, and those guys, they've got a lot of thump. Um, but I just think, on the whole, I think that the Braves roster came out looking better if you just ignore Jason DeGrom over there. Uh, I think that, you know, when you look at Anderson and Morton and, and uh, the way Mueller's been pitching, uh, I think that uh, our rotation is, is as good. Uh, and I think that, that we're going to get TDA back here soon behind the plate. Kevin Smith will go away, and sort of the lineup is going to be really, really pretty good. So at the end of the day, I'm going to sound like a homer. I think the Braves got Braves came out best on this. 
Now, if we were in the in the NL West, I'd be looking for uh, something to do in October. But <laughs> but but uh, uh, I just uh, I look. I mean, I don't. Maybe you're, maybe you'll disagree with that. But I just think the Braves came out on top here. No, I don't disagree, and it actually is because of the guy that I'm not very high on. But had they not gotten Richard Rodriguez to at least help in the bullpen, I think you could have made the argument that that either the one of the other teams did the best. Um, but once they got that, that took care of a, a hole the Braves have and, you know, give the, the chip carry line. Getting you Noah back and TDA back is like making a, a, a late season trade. But the, to an extent, that is kind of true if you if Noah goes to the bullpen and pitch as well, which is still a huge question mark. We don't know how he's going to come back and how well he'll do in that role. But he's, uh, he's almost certainly going to the pen when he comes back. I know they said right. they were going to stretch him out, but you can't take Mueller out of this rotation now. And and uh, he he's a two pitch pitcher. He can come back, go to the pen, throw those two pitches without much work. So I, I that's why I think. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. I, I just I don't know that we've seen him in that role extensively, and I don't know if you can count on him being a high leverage guy there just yet. But it certainly, it's possible. I'm just saying I wouldn't put all my eggs in, in that basket. But getting Rodriguez certainly you know took care of a hole that the Braves had to get done. Um, and had they not done that, then I think you could have made the case, case for either the Mets or the Phillies having a better trade deadline. But that move and the Solaire move uh, really kind of put them over the top for me. The Nationals probably did the best of all the teams <laughs> at the deadline with uh, all the talent they were able to, to bring in and um, get some good players back for, for players that they weren't going to need. Uh, they were going to be expiring after the year, so I thought they did pretty good at the deadline as well. Not only that, they got you know major league talent. We talked about it with the return they got from the Dodgers with uh, Kybert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. You know They're major league ready, so the, the Nationals got players that, that can come up soon and make an impact, and they can try to compete again because they, they need to with Juan Soto. Got a once-in-a-generation type talent there, so you know they're going to keep trying to win, but yeah, overall, I, I'm fine with saying the Braves won this deadline in the East, but when you talk about who won the deadline overall in Major League Baseball, Alan, it's got to be the Los Angeles Dodgers and that trade for Scherzer and Turner. I still can't get over it, the fact that they got the best starting pitcher out there and perhaps maybe one of the best players out there that were available in one deal. It, it, it still doesn't seem fair to me. It's unbelievable how the Dodgers keep doing this and coming up smelling like a rose. They they seem to have a, a deep farm system every time we come down to a trade deadline, and they always seem to get the Cy Young Award winners or the MVPs or whatever. They keep stacking their rotations, stacking their roster, and they did it again this time. It's kind of a fascinating uh, way, way to do it. I, I guess Andrew Friedman had the uh, – been doing this kind of thing as the GM for the Rays, except he didn't have any money. Now he's got money, and he's uh, putting all those skills to to really good use. I I, I have to tip my hat to them because I really hate them at this point, <laughs> given the, uh, the fact that they keep uh, doing all these kinds of things. I, I still think that the Dodgers have a couple holes. Uh, they did not shore up their bullpen at all. Uh, there was some noise that they might try to go for Kimbrel, where I really would have been screaming. But uh, they didn't give uh, Kenley Jensen any additional help back there. Uh, so they've got that one slight vulnerability, I guess, in, in their uh, armor. But the rotation is 
pretty good because even though they've got some injury issues, they're pretty well stacked. Uh, they can uh, just continue to to bring new guys out. So, yeah, um, the Dodgers uh, did what they can. The best thing we can hope for is that the Giants somehow hold on to the division lead and throw them in, and throw the Dodgers into a wild card game and hopefully they lose it. <laughs> can you imagine? In fact, you know, imagine this with all the stuff that the Dodgers and Padres did, especially you know between last winter uh, bolstering rosters and now this week bolstering rosters. Those two teams could end up playing for a winner take all uh, wild card game to get into the playoffs. And the other guys go home. That is just bizarre. Uh, but it, it's still a real possibility. The Giants, for all the saber rattling that was going on, didn't do that much to improve themselves. They got Chris Bryant at the last second. But other than that, uh, they didn't really do anything to change their roster much. So that, that's an interesting little thing there. Uh, but it also kind of dovetails with the Mets and all the rumor mongering that, that uh, was attached to them. So, uh, I I think it's interesting what teams did the most and didn't do the most, but uh, certainly the Dodgers, you have to uh, I have to agree, came out looking pretty doggone good here. Yeah, for sure. I, and that that NL West is going to be interesting. Sign me up for a one game playoff between the Dodgers and Padres. I I really hope it, it comes down to that. Yes. Um, but the other the other interesting division to watch is that AL East where the team leading it really didn't do much in the Red Sox but you had the Yankees who I think probably had the second best trade deadline they got Gallo they got Rizzo they got Andrew Heaney uh they did pretty well for them, themselves too so I thought they did you know really good the Blue Jays getting Jose Barrios uh was a really good move as well but uh, Fred, your overall thoughts on uh, the rest of Major League Baseball at the deadline and how they did? Just just a quick note. The Dodgers uh, have an estimated payroll of $274,390,238. That's their luxury tax payroll. They don't pay out that much, but that's their luxury. They pay out uh, something under that. But but they make $293 million a year for their television rights. So uh, they can afford it. <laughs> they will. I, I don't know they were with the tax last year, but if this is third year, they're going to lose a draft pick next year. In the AL East, I like what the Blue Jays did. I think the Yankees, the Yankees did good. Look, Rizzo's going to be a star in that ballpark. He does something none of the Yankees, the other Yankees besides Brett Gardner does. He's a hitter. Uh, <laughs> he knows how to hit as well as slug. And in that ballpark, He's going to hit, you know, ten more home runs a year, but he's also get on going to get on base really well. Gallo's going to hit home runs if he plays in the Grand Canyon. They can Stanton out of the outfield and let him DH, so he quits breaking. They hope, uh, but I don't. I'm not in love with their pitching. I know they got Andrew Haney, uh, and so what? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I just don't think that's. I don't think that's enough. I like what the Red Sox did with Schwarber. Schwarber fits them really well. I mean, earlier today we were talking. I like Schwarber. I wouldn't mind having him over here. But he, in that ballpark, he's going to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, and, you know, they play him in left field. Once he learns to play the monster, he's going to be fine out there. Um, I think they did well, even though that was all they got. But, but getting Barrios, Barrios, I wish I could roll an R without taking it out and putting it on the floor. But 
uh, <laughs> I like the Barrios grab for them because not only is he this year, he's next year, and they have a lot of income coming back when they get back in Canada. They're going to be able to extend him, uh, and he fits into that. Uh, to, uh, Glad Jr., Bichette, Bichio, uh into those young players he's got. He fits right into that, and uh, I think they're going to be really good this year. Even if they don't win it this year, they're going to be really, really good next year because Barrios is still Barrios is still going to be there. So I think long term, I think they did the best. Short term, maybe the Yankees got more thump. They're going to bludgeon you to death like the old Bombers used to. But uh, as far as the best deals, uh, and of course the Yankees got everybody to pay for all those players too. And how he did that, I'm not sure. But um, I think the Yankees they did all right. They may be better this year, but I think in the long term. Uh, the Blue Jays came out on top. Yeah, uh, I can see that uh, and agree with that as well. But either way, a really interesting trade deadline. Brad, I'm going to kick it back to you. Were there any players that didn't get moved that you were surprised didn't? Well, the Rockies get an F. What the <laughs> hell are you doing hanging on to Trevor Story? You're not no. going to sign him. Your comp pick is going to come at maybe number 35 next year, uh, and he's going to be four or five years away. And you're going to pay uh, pay him three million dollars to sign, and you could have got uh, the guy that the um, the Cubs got uh, that is going to be the center fielder Crow. What's his face? They they could have got him. They could have got any number of good players for Story. They they nobody met their price, and this again is that idiotic owner. Story should have been moved. I don't know if any other players should have been moved. I, I would like to have seen the Giants do a little more. Jerry DePoto got short-sheeted because uh, when he went out to get the players he had lined up to get, the price had gone up. And he said as much in his news conference. Well, uh, he said, we were blocked today by uh, prices for players that we thought we had or prices that we went after that were higher than the value we put on them. And I think when he did that, when he took Raven out off the team, I think he kind of – upset them. Now, if Castillo comes out and he saves the next nine games, they'll get back in a groove. But I'm not real happy with the way he handled that. I think they, they should have gotten somebody else. But I don't know who else would have could have moved. I don't, I have looked around and I don't know what else you could have moved there. Maybe no, no big pieces. So, uh, I just think maybe Buxton moves, but I think people were just worried about his injury history and, uh, the twins decided to sit on him. So, yeah. I can't really complain that nobody did anything. J.A. Happ to the Cardinals is interesting. Uh, he couldn't pitch in the American League, so he's going to come over and not pitch for the Cardinals now, which is <laughs> all right. And they got John Lester, too, which is just kind of strange. But yeah. Well, they uh, needed innings because they needed innings. They don't have anybody that's giving them any innings right now, and uh, well, Clarity's going to be back injured. eventually. Yeah, yeah. They, and and that's the problem with that. The same. They're, everybody's they're nine games injured. back in their division. So. Yeah, they're just trying to get they're trying to get something for nothing, and um, you know they got they got rid of Gant. They were upset with him, so um, I don't know why, but I guess it I guess it worked out for both teams. But uh, I just the Cardinals are done. Um, the Cubs are done. Cardinals are done. Pirates are done. Reds didn't do anything. That was interesting. They got Yanni Garcia, which helps out their bullpen. But, yeah, other than that, they really didn't do anything, which, honestly, I mean, they didn't need to do too much. That offense is pretty good, and their starting rotation is really solid as well. Yeah, well, they traded this. They traded what's really bad. They traded Iglesias to the mm-hmm. Angels, and then they go out and get Yemi Garcia and go and, 
what the heck? And the other move I didn't understand was Miles Straw to Cleveland. Who's going to play center field in Houston? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe they've got somebody in mind. Uh, I don't think Tucker can play center field. And if they put him in center, who plays the corner? I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of mo- odd moves out there. Uh, but um, uh, nobody really stands out they should have moved. Yeah, I thought the Twins could have done more. Um, you know, we talked about the Nationals, the Cubs, how they went all in on this sell mode. I thought the Twins could have done the same thing. You know, outside of the Bucks and thing, I, I've talked about before. I thought it probably made more sense for them to trade him in the off season, but and I don't know how much interest there would have been in Josh Donaldson. He's owed, owed a lot of money, um, but perhaps they could have moved him. They could have moved Michael Pineda. They could have moved Kenta Maeda. Uh, I thought there were more moves for the Twins to be made there, but nothing you know un, unreasonable like the Rockies not trading Trevor Story. They were working to move Maeda, and it just didn't happen. And and uh, toward right up to the end, because there were there were teams talking to them about Maeda, but they just couldn't get it done. And 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 that doesn't surprise me much because his contract was pretty good, I think. So. Yeah, but uh, Alan, any other surprises for you? Whether uh, trades or trades that didn't happen? Well, you kind of covered most of it. Uh, the Kendall Graveman thing was kind of interesting because I think, uh, along with everything else, Depoto kind of got played by the market a little bit. Uh, yeah, they needed to move him because he had an expiring contract. The, how he handled that was really bad. He kind of blindsided his team that way, and and for a club that was certainly on the rise, that uh, they didn't make him feel any better. He, that might have been a, a deal where you might have considered hanging on to him, considering how well your club has been doing as as kind of a reward. At the same time, Seattle was sort of still in that bubble position where they were kind of on the fringes of being competitive. So while logic dictates that they probably should have been selling, a lot of people have been saying it. Seattle needs to make a playoff one way or another because they just have it for so long. So anything you could have done to try and help that might have uh, been something. Trevor Story, I think everybody was continuing to overlook the fact that he just can't hit this year outside of uh, Denver. And I think that weighed heavily on some of the offers that they were getting in Colorado. So whereas, yeah, it makes perfectly good sense to accept something. I'm not sure if they even got something as an offer, uh, that other than maybe lip service kinds of Bowden things. said they got Bowden said they had offers he would have taken. Hmm. Well, I would be curious as to what kind of offers, but yeah, at same same time you've got a problem with meddling ownership there that uh really uh interferes with the operations of the of the baseball team and that's just a bad situation altogether. If they could get new ownership somehow, then uh, things might uh, turn immediately on a dime. But uh, right now, that's a, that's not happening. Jake, you mentioned the Twins. Andrelton Simmons could have gone someplace. If you had something for Cincinnati, that might have been him because they certainly need a shortstop. Or the Yankees. Uh, I, or the Yankees, sure. Um, there's a lot of guys that uh, I think that uh, – didn't get moved. We expected the relief market to be exploding today, and it kind of did, but it also kind of didn't because there's probably about 10 names I could rattle off that didn't get moved today in the relief market that I'm really surprised at. Some quality guys, not 
name brand kind of guys, but uh, a lot of these uh, Paul Fry and Cole Sulcer and uh, Scott Barlow um, kind of guys. Uh, you know, we saw the two guys from Seattle, uh, Graveman and uh, Chagrois. Uh, oh, I forget about him. Um, Glacius didn't get moved. The, there was a lot of guys that that, that could have gone to some teams uh, like Philadelphia, but apparently, again, uh, their their farm system let them down and, and didn't give them an opportunity. So uh, I, I think uh, as crazy as it was <laughs> for a uh, trade deadline day, it could have been even that much more because there's a lot of uh, guys that still got left on the table are pretty good players. Yeah, certainly not complaining. I mean, normally in trade deadlines we hear about a – a ton of players who are possibly available and a very few of them, the big ones actually get moved. And this is the one trade de- deadline where we saw a lot of the big names get moved. I think like we talked about the only big one that didn't get moved was Trevor story. And he was probably the, the one that should have been moved the most uh, based on where the Rockies are. The fact they're most likely not going to bring him back or re-sign him. But yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, a lot of the big players who were out there did get traded, which made for a very exciting trade deadline. Before we get out of here, I always like to give you a chance to add anything. And Fred, I'll go with you first. Anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap it up? Well, I think Freddie Galvis is going to improve Philadelphia's defense because uh, uh, DDs just can't catch anything. So that's why they went and got him. I wonder. I wonder if Philadelphia couldn't have said, "Okay, we'll take." Sano or Colome off your hands in this Buxton thing, um, and and maybe done better there. But this was a this was a more active deadline than I've been doing this eleven years pretty hard, and this is the most active deadline I've seen. Uh, and it was interesting and it was fun. Uh, one thing that you know people said, well, you know, Alex makes wait till the last minute to make these deals. His interview today, he said, look, we had that deal done at 10 minutes after three, but it took took us until 3.56 to get the medicals done and approved so that we could make the deals for Rosario and, and, and Rodriguez. So it's not just, hey, we got a deal, let's do it. The, the review of the medicals in all this is big, and I think, you know, we assume that he waits till the last minute on purpose at least I did. I won't put this on anybody else, but I always assumed he was waiting till the last minute and okay, price drop, grab him, price drop, grab him. And that is not the way it works. And uh, so my apologies to him for doing that, but it's just a, it's just, we have no real idea. He went to bed at three 30 this morning and got up at six for this. So <laughs> better man than me at these times. So I thought it was a good deal. I think the Braves did well. And um, yeah, he did pretty good today. Yeah, and one deal we didn't even talk about, a really big deal, is Craig Krimble going to the White Sox, going from the Cubs to the White Sox. Don't see that very often, and those teams hooked up twice at this deadline. And the White Sox, like the the reason I even thought about it is because the White Sox, kind of like the Phillies, don't have a great farm system right now because all their, their top prospects are now part of the big league team, but they traded from their major league roster in order to get that done. And I think that's something that the Phillies probably would have had to do. A lot of people talking about maybe throwing Alec Bohm in that deal to try to get it done but White Sox were when that trade was made I immediately looked at their prospects and thought there's nobody there that the Cubs could have got to really make that worth that trade unless you traded maybe Jerry Kelly or one of their top two prospects and White Sox got it done by trading off some some guys at the major league roster and Cody here and uh, Nick Madrigal so props to them for doing that and, and getting that done 
I thought that was a really big move. Never really thought the Braves would be in play for that. I think he is the one move, like you talked about earlier, Fred, that uh, probably was a little too expensive and maybe could have been money conscious, even though Alex said that wasn't a factor. But, yeah, another big move there. Again, a lot of them on the trade deadline day. Really hard to keep up with, with all the major moves that went on. But, Alan, I'll, I'll let you finish it up here. Anything else you want to talk about before we uh, end the podcast? Yeah, and that Kimbrel thing is uh, one of the the exhibit A to, to show how the auctions of some of these deals uh, kept rising and rising because uh, Chicago really had the White Sox had to really go out and do something to get that uh, kind of thing done, and apparently uh, that uh, illustrates just how high the interest was in the star players that uh, were available today. The only other thing I'll I'll note right now is that apparently Travis Darno was uh, taken down in the middle of the game against the Stripers in his first rehab start. He was yeah. oh for, well, it I don't know that it wasn't scheduled. Uh, he was replaced by Contreras, but uh, went zero for one, strikeout and a walk. Looks like he may have gone about five innings uh, in in that game. So don't yeah, know that's that. Enough. That's pretty yeah, typical. Yeah, that that doesn't uh, sound like he was taken down for injury or anything like that. Of course, then there was a uh, Johan Camargo grounding into a triple play, but <laughs> in any case, oh uh, Johan, that that's just one of the things that happens. So I, I'm kind of encouraged. I would like to see a little better result Friday night here as we. Uh, do this on on the major league team, but at the same time, the, the Mets are about to get beat, and uh, that's always a good thing. So we're we're looking forward to some more things like that, and hopefully uh, these guys will help us do it. Yeah. I love Jock. I love Jock Peterson. He he caught. He just ran over the foul line, caught a caught a foul ball for the out, reached the stand, patted a little girl on the head, and she was just she's she's forever a Jock Peterson Braves fan from now on. That was, <laughs> yeah. and he's just a big goofball, and I love him on this team. He's been wonderful for this team. Yeah, we should we should have had him years ago, in my yep. opinion. But me too. Uh, glad glad to have him now, and glad to have. The players that they got at the trade deadline, like I said, it's going to give this team a fighting chance for these final two months. And, um, you know, I wrote the other day, I think the schedule matches up, especially now with the Nationals trading off. I think the Braves have a, a pretty easy schedule, as easy as their schedule can be at times the rest of the way to get it done if they play like they're capable of, which they haven't done all year. But we're going to try to think optimistically here on, on the trade <laughs> deadline night and, and think that that will happen the rest of the way. And if they do that, then I think they got a, a real good chance of winning this NL East and getting back to the postseason, which we've talked about is still a really big deal. Even if they go one and done in the postseason, getting there is huge in terms of, of rev- revenue and uh, attendance and all of that. So that's still uh, a major factor here. And I think Alex did a good job in trying to help them get that done and, and, and get back to the postseason. That will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. As always, appreciate the listens. Make sure that you go to TomahawkTake.com. Read all of the trade deadline content we got over there. We'll have a lot of post-trade deadline content coming out in the next couple of days. So make sure you continue to check out the website there for all the great content that we are putting out. Make sure you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take Podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. And this has been the Stop the Presses trade deadline edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. It's a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. 
Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of their participants because Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can. We've just chosen not to do so. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Pilot Error, which was modified to fit into the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTick.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, and more now than ever, we're saying, let's go Braves. We'll see you out there for the next inning. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.